Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Let's recap real quick. We've been on this journey of discipleship here at the Building Christian Fellowship. Why? Because it is crucial to be involved in discipleship if you consider yourself to be the church. That's the purpose of the church, discipleship, creating disciples. So let's recap real quick. Discipleship, the first message we got on discipleship was, what does that mean, right? Then we had Discipleship 101, which was basically going over the basics of discipleship. Then Pastor Kai came up with the right help, right? You got to have the right help in this process of discipleship. Discipleship, are you ready? If, you haven't, if you're not following the theme, we're, we're trying to get you primed for where it is that we're going, okay? So then we had, can you spare some time? Talking about how really there's no, there's, it's not no, no math quiz, it's not rocket science when it comes to discipleship. It's really about can you spare some time? Can you, can you make time to spend with people? To spend with the people of God to help pour into them and invest in them and help them grow. Amen? And then we had, on Tuesday night, I brought the game changer, where we're talking about our approach that we're going to take towards discipleship, which is the church for a long time has, has taken the place in the game of discipleship as being a referee. You know what I'm saying? We're calling out fouls. we just we just paying attention to, to all the, the bad stuff, and we're not really invested. We don't care who wins or loses at the end of the night. Right? And so and then we had spiritual coaches. Pastor John followed up on that, talking about, again, reiterating the, the approach of being a spiritual coach. And then the cost of discipleship, the cost of discipleship, and then discernment in your discipleship, which we went over last week. So I'm continuing on. I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on the approach that we're taking as a coach to being, um, to, to being disciple makers. Amen? Amen? So if you look up um, what is a referee? A referee is an official who watches a game or match closely to ensure that the rules are adhered to. They are either an umpire or a judge. So they're looking for what's wrong and they're going to call it out. Amen? Amen. What do referees do? That's what they do. Ref. Record every fault. Right? Just break it down. I don't have an acronym for coach, but I'm going to let you know what a coach is. So what, what, what do coaches do, though? What do coaches do? Coaches, a coach is someone who will train or instruct to prompt or urge someone with instruction. So is this not what the pastors do when they come up here Sunday after Sunday? Are they not urging us, instructing us? Are they not, are they not encouraging us to do the things that we need to do, is that not what we do on Tuesday nights? Is that not what we do in, in what, what we're doing in, in Kingdom Kids with your children? Is that not what we're doing at Elevate on Thursdays and in instructing the teens to, to, to urge them to do what's right? That's what we're doing. We're coaching. So I can't forget building moms. We got building moms in, in the building. Building moms, same thing. We're encouraging the mothers, encouraging women in their motherhood. Men, we're encouraging each other 
even when we're doing something as simple as working on phase two. None of this stuff is meaningless. None of this stuff is trivial. Everything is working toward an end. So turn with me, if you will, to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. And again, we're talking about the game of discipleship. Hebrews 11, and we're going to start with verse 32. Say amen when you get there. All right. It says, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barack, not Barack Obama, would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barack and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead raised to life again, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still, others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains in dens. And, and then it says that the world was not worthy of them. Come on. We're getting somewhere. And all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would just add understanding to the reading of your word today, Lord. As your, as your word goes forth, Father, let it pierce our hearts and let it change us, Lord. Let us grasp onto it, hold on to it, Lord, and become one with the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the title of today's message is Discipleship. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. So back in 2017, I started uh, working with a group of guys out of the garage, we call it the spot, lifting weights. But initial, initially it was just a thing of we was just going to lift, but then it became a thing of, let me back up a little bit further. I gathered all this, this weightlifting equipment in my garage for myself. I wasn't, if you know me, you know I've had, I, I tend to be closed off, okay? I'm coming out of that, praise Jesus. But I tend to, I tend to be closed off. And, um, and, and I, I had this practice of keeping people at arm's length. And so um, I'm getting a lot, of, a lot of comments from the front row over here because so, these people know me. But, but nonetheless, I got all this stuff because I was like, yeah, I'm going to just, you know, do my thing. 
in the garage whenever I want or whatever. And it's no, no sooner do I get this stuff, the Lord's like, you need to start inviting some of the brothers over. And I'm like, what? He's like, you need to start inviting some of the brothers over. And so I was like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. And so I started inviting some guys over and stuff. And, and again, it was just a thing of where we were just lifting. But then it became like just something started to happen because of the obedience. And, and, and I was completely unaware because sometimes when God, God kind of tricks you into stuff sometimes. Sometimes he, it's, it's like he ain't going to show you the whole picture. He'll just say, look, man, do this. And once you do that, then he'll open up a little something else. And then when you do that, he'll open it up. And he's, he's not, he doesn't always show you the whole picture from the beginning. He knows what the end is. He knows what's going on. But you don't. And so um, little did I know it was an opportunity that God opened up for discipleship. And so... I ended up building relationships with people that I, I probably would have never went and built relationships with them on my own had God not told me to. And, and, it's, and it's been a blessing, a tremendous blessing. So I started doing that, and it made me think as I was, I was working on this message, it was like, you know, when you go, when, usually people when, start, when people start going to the gym, they usually get like a buddy pass, right? They get like a buddy pass or they get like some kind of free trial and then they go, right? And you become an attender of sorts, right? Like when you go to the gym or you go to church, you start going to church usually because you're like, man, I need to make a change. I need to do something. I need to change something about myself. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's good. That self-improvement thing is good. But then you get to a point where you're like, man, I'm going to get really serious about this thing. And so then you decide, you know what, my past is almost up, or I ain't got no, no more buddies that can, can get me the hookup to get in here. You know what I'm saying? I need to go ahead and get my membership, and I'm going to join up. Right? So you get a membership, which a lot of times equals partnership, because you get a membership, then you start finding someone else who's there that's serious about going, and you end up hooking up. And you, and you got you like, you guys start working through little routines, you know what I'm saying? You spotting each other, you guys doing good, and, and encouraging each other. Because the mornings that it's, it's kind of hard to get up out of bed, you like, man, but I had a good time hanging out with that person, and, they, and I know they're going to be there, and it's going to be whack if I don't show up, or if they don't show up, it's going to be a whack workout. But you know what? We're going to encourage each other, and we're going to go, and we're going to show up and get this thing done, and keep moving forward and making progress. That is acceptable. But we don't want to just be good, and we don't want to just be acceptable. We want discipleship, which is the perfect. And let me, what do I mean by that? I mean, when you, once you've gotten used to your routine, once you've gotten it down and you started doing your thing, now it's time to start pouring into somebody else. Now it's time to start making sacrifices. Because nothing, nothing like being in there and you getting gains and you don't want to slow your gains down, but you put your gains aside so you can start helping somebody else. That is the perfect. When we are willing to sacrifice to the extent of lending our strength for the development and progression of someone else. Are you following? We're still talking about discipleship. 
Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside some of the weight. Just the weight that, that seems like it's insignificant. Every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? So, in this, in this, in this passage, we see that there's a cloud, a cloud of witnesses. And I think that's like an awesome description of, of how to explain the people that are at this event. A cloud. In James chapter 4, verse 14, it says that what is your life? It's only a vapor. Here for a minute and gone the next. So what is a cloud? In the Greek, the word is nephos. A cloud, a large, dense multitude, a throng used to denote a great shapeless collection of vapor. The cloud of witnesses. We just read in, in chapter 11 all the people, what they, what they consider in Christianese the hall of faith. All these people that they named who ended with a great testimony, some of which did not receive the promise that they were seeking after, but they received a great testimony because of how they lived their lives. Why? Because of their sacrifice and what they gave up. Not for themselves, but for us. Because it said that they would not be made perfect apart from us. So they did it for our benefit. So it's saying in, in Hebrews 12 that we're in this race. We have a race that's set before us. Now me... I had a hard time relating to this in a sense because I'm not a runner. I don't like running. And that's typically what we think of when we think of a race. But let me elaborate. The word race in, in, in the Greek is the word agon, in which we get our word agony. The word race means an assembly, a place of assembly, especially an assembly met to see games. The place of contest, the arena or stadium. Hence, the contest for a prize at the games. Chew on that for a minute. Agon, agony. So we have this, we have this struggle that's set before us. That's why we've been told to eliminate every weight and sin that would easily get in the way of us finishing the race. That would get in the way of us accomplishing what needs to be accomplished. One of the things about a coach is that a coach recognizes the potential in somebody. A good coach will recognize 
your potential. So, in the process of running the spot, lifting and stuff, I ended up becoming a coach of sorts. And my wife comes along the way, and she decided, you know what, I, I want to I I lift. She wanted to try to do something different. Neither one of us have ever been athletes ever in our lives. And um, she wanted to try something new. She wanted something different. So I get out there, and I, and I start, you know, teaching her some things. And then I noticed, I was like, wow, you're pretty strong for, for being a novice. I saw potential. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do some work with this. This is gonna this is gonna be nice. So I ended up becoming a coach of sorts. But now that I've discovered that she has this potential, I'm like, man, we gotta find a purpose for this potential. Cause that's what a coach does. He sees the potential, and once he recognizes the potential. Now he's got to create an opportunity for that potential to have purpose. Discipleship. We're talking about discipleship. When I'm saying coaching, I'm talking about discipleship. Don't get it twisted. So enter Winter Warrior. So I'm out there, got my wife lifting. I'm like, man, you don't know what you have, but you're about to find out what you got. She bad, for real. You about to find out what you got. So, in some of the, in some of the groups that I follow that, that do powerlifting and strongman and stuff like that, um, found out about this event, and it was open for novices. So I'm like, man, I'm going to sign us up. I signed us up without her knowing. I signed us up without her knowing. And then I told her, I was like, hey, so this is what we're going to do. And she was beside herself, to say the least, because here it is, is, is that she's never done this before, something that she doesn't, she doesn't, I as the coach know what she's capable of. I can see it. But she, she's, she doesn't, she's not aware of it. She doesn't know. And the thing about a good coach is that a good coach will either push or he'll pull. He knows when to push or pull. So that means if you, are, if you are lacking motivation and inspiration to do what you need to do, they're going to push you. If you are apprehensive and doubtful about your abilities, he's going to pull it out of you. Are you following? So here we go. Verse 3, Hebrews 12, verse 3. This is talking about the discipline of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you, when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. 
if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had a human father, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us, as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Once our purpose is found, it determines our place. So I recognize the potential in her, and I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to I'm start pushing and pulling. So I got her, I got her, a, a, I went and got her a customized weight belt, had it made, and uh, started getting ready for this contest. So we just read about the discipline of God, and, 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 and the thing is, is that once we got ready, started getting ready for this contest, it went from just messing around and doing some lifts to where we got to specifically start training. We got to up the level of, of discipline. We got to get disciplined about this, and we got to get focused. And so we started preparing for the particular events that were going to be in this competition. You got that picture up there? Right. So, so the reason why I chose this picture is because as her coach, I could coach her so much when we were in our garage at home. As we were preparing for this, for this event, I had to keep going up to the gym that the event was going to be at because they have the equipment that we were going to be using in the contest so we could train up there. And as we were training, I'm like, I'm trying to, to, to help her understand, okay, this is what you need to do for this particular lift. This is a circus dumbbell. It's not like lifting a regular heavy dumbbell. The grip on it is about as fat as a Coke can. So your hand's not going to wrap all the way around it. So... Raquel was having some struggles with this. The funny thing is, is that she, I don't think she ever lifted, she, she was never successful in this lift until the day of the contest. And she did it more than once. Check this out, coach. Sidebar. Understand that you are a steward as a coach. You are not an owner. You are a steward. So when your athlete or your disciple is not completely understanding what it is that you're trying to teach them, don't feel some kind of way or get in your feelings when you have to go outside of your tutelage and the way that your knowledge to another coach to get them to be able to accomplish and execute what it is that needs to be done. The gentleman in the back with the giant beard. He came over and helped Raquel when we were there up there practicing. He says, 
not only is he, he's also the owner of the gym, but he's, and he's done successful, successful competitions himself. He also competes as a strong man. And he came over and helped give, give a couple of tweaks to what it was that I was telling her to do. And she, as, as I said, she never was able to accomplish this until the day of the actual contest and did it multiple times. I don't know if it was that she finally, what I said finally clicked or what it was that he said finally clicked. But whatever it was, together in a team effort, it worked. And we got her to meet the potential for the time of purpose so that way she could find her place. I don't think you're following me. The level of training and the discipline had to go up. There was times that I had to get in Raquel's face because I've told you over and over again, if you keep doing it, listen to the steps, follow the cues. That wasn't pleasant. It was painful for the moment, but it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Correction is necessary in discipleship. So, like I said, both of us ended up being in this, in this competition. I was just doing it just because I wanted to test the waters and kind of see what it was that I could, what I was capable of. Because I've never done anything like this. But I was like, you know, I've, Im I've imitated some of this stuff. I've, you know, I've done it. I was like, man, I think I could fare all right. You know what I'm saying? But my thing was like, I just wanted to finish the contest. I just wanted to get through all, I, I don't care about placing, none of that. JR, on the other hand, JR come in, he's, this dude's a competitive competitor. <laughs> Right? JR came in. He's like, yeah, I want to go in there. He's like, man, I'm taking, taking, I'm placing at least second. Right? So, so I'm like, dude, listen, we ain't never done this before, man. Let's just go. Let's, let's just try it out, man. Like, we ain't even trying to be there. Like, he's like, nah, man, we be in here. We putting in hours in the garage. Nah, we going to do this. It's like, all right, bro, whatever. I just want to finish. I don't care. I just want to finish. And JR's like, all right, whatever. So, Anyhow, so JR get in there, he killing it too, man. And for a second, I started kind of getting a little jealous. I'm like, bro, it's like, come on, man. Why you got to get up in here and show out? It is a competition, so, but, but nonetheless, so JR actually ends up getting injured during the process of the competition, right? And so I was like, man, so I, I'm feeling bad because I'm like, bro, man, you know, I, I wanted him to make it to the end. And so this dude ends up pushing past the pain that he, that he suffered the affliction that he suffered, he pushed past it and finishes, finishes the competition. Not only finishes the competition, but finished above me. This dude placed above me. He placed, what, like seventh? Something like that. Seventh with an injury. And so, yeah, clap it up. I placed ninth, and I started feeling kind of some, some kind of way for a second. <laughs> but check it out. But here's the thing about it. I was like, God got on, got on my head about it. He was like, what was your purpose? Remember, you didn't get in this to play. You didn't get in this, you didn't get in this to compete like that. What was your purpose? My purpose was just to get in there so I could finish. What'd you do? You finished. And that's the thing, is that we are to run the race that's set before us. Not the race that's set before I can't run the race that's set before JR. I can't run the race that's set before Atira. 
I have to run the race that's set before me. Because the same stuff that, the same weights and stuff that I'm carrying through this race ain't the same weights that JR is carrying. The weights that I got to set aside aren't the same weights that the T-Ray has to set aside. I have to run the race that's set before me. So I entered into this competition because I just wanted to finish. I, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to finish. But I really, my real goal and purpose in, in the competition was to set, up, set a stage for Raquel's potential to be used so she could, she could have a purpose to utilize that potential and she could find her place. So here it is. What happens is Raquel, she ends up finishing second place overall. <laughs> The funny thing about it is, is that, is that God knew how the whole thing was going to play out from the beginning, which means the places were already set. I know a lot of us have a hard time understanding that, but the place is already set. And I want, what I want you to know today is that your place is already set. Your place is already said. What is the place that we live in a society where we, we want to be number one. We want to be numero uno. Right? We want to be first. Why? Because we, because we look at second as being the first to lose. Right? How many, how many blessings do we cheat ourselves out of because we don't want to be the number two? We want to be the number one. And you end up not placing at all because your attitude is number two. Christ is the author and the finisher. The author and the finisher of our faith. The problem with a lot of us is that we were happy when he became, when, when, when we, when we, we, we embraced the fact that he was the author. We liked the story until we turned the page and realized it wasn't about us. And then we don't want the finish. So we up and leave. We up and quit. Because, our, because what, what we had perceived or what we, had, what we thought it was going to be like, it didn't turn out to be that way. And what I want you to know is, is, as Christ is the author and finisher of our faith, that we need to understand that wherever he places us, there's no place like it. There's no place that's out of place when you're in the place that he's placed you. There's no place that's out of place when you're in the place that he has placed you. Why? Because it's perfect and it's designed for you. Before the foundation of the earth was laid, he knew you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And lack thereof, he knows the follicles and the pores that closed up. But he knows you. So you mean to tell me, like, like I, okay, so here's the thing, like, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little too over-analytical, 
it, it is still on my playlist anyway. But I have I have one issue with the song Do It Again, where it says that you've never failed me yet. Because yet, to me, means there might be an expectation that, that you might. I don't, I don't agree with that. The song, I still listen to the song, because that's, I, I mean, that ain't enough for me to throw the song out. But I just want to kind of mess with your theology for a second. Because if you leave that little word yet, it, means, it, it could mean the, the, the fact that, you know what, God has, hasn't failed me up to this point, but if he does, he's been so good at not failing me, it's, I'll let it pass. No. We're talking about the God who set the, the, the earth in rotation. He set the planets where they are. He set the stars in the sky. He, 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 he made the, he made the, the, the oceans and the, and the seas only be able to come so far in the shore so it wouldn't flood everything. He set everything in its place from the beginning in the first six days, and it keeps doing what it was that he said to do in the, from, from the first time that he said it. So you mean to tell me that, that you might have an inkling that he ain't going to come through or that you're that insignificant? No. He did all of that and then set you here in the midst of all of it to play a role in his grand scheme. Ponder that. There's no place like the place that he has for you. So what is the place that he has for us? Again, the race that's set before you, you're not going to be first. How do I know that? Because we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are the cloud of witnesses? The vapors that are surrounding us, that are cheering us on, are the people that went before us and finished their race. And when it's our time to go, we'll be in that cloud of witnesses cheering on whoever else is still running. Again, the place. In the contest, the last, the last and final event was the, the static farmer carry, farmer hold. And I didn't do as well in that event as I, as I had planned to. And my place was already determined. I finished. That was it. Now, pride would have been like, man, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? I, my hands was slippery, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't, you know what I mean? Or I got a cramp, I, you know, I, I, I could have made all kinds of excuses. But something inside of me went beyond that, and I began to cheer on the opponent that I had in the last event. And that's the same thing for us. When, when we realize our time has come and passed, that means we're supposed to cheer on whoever's still going. Don't get salty about the fact that your time has come and gone. Understand your place and be happy to play it. I think Pastor mentioned it last week. When he, 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 the, the way that he worded it was, was uh, to be in that number to be in that number, and that's what we want to be. We just want to be in that number. When the saints go marching in, we want to be in that number. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to be, I don't have to be a starting, starting player. I just want to be glad that I'm wearing a jersey and I'm sitting on the bench. Oh, I get to go to the luncheon? Thank you, because I'm part of the team. I'm going to be in there eating your croissant sandwiches. Thank you. 
I mean, for real, have you ever been to any of these corporate games? Like, like th they be having a spread. <laughs> and you part of the team, oh, you go, yeah, we eating. I ain't talking about no White House McDonald's. I'm talking about, like, you got a spread, man. <laughs> but our problem is that our flesh wants to be number one. We have celebrated recently in, in, in society. I mean, it has been for, uh, uh, for, for years. It's almost been a tradition. But everybody wants to be the GOAT. The GOAT. Everybody wants to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time. When, in fact, we're called to be servants helping everyone else progress. We ain't called to be GOATs. We're called to be sheep. Servants helping everyone else progress. Right? Because if you read scripture, it talk about the sheep and the goats. It talk about the sheep and the goats. Only thing that, that the goats were good for was, the, was the wear their skin. You saw that. We just, we just saw that in, in, in Hebrews 11. They went wearing goat skins and sheep skins. And Jesus said, when he comes back, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goat. So you can go chasing being the goat all you want. But Jesus already said that the greatest is going to be the servant of all, servant helping everyone else. And that's what you're supposed to do as a disciple maker. Coach, sacrifice. I know you want some games. You can find, you can find some other time to get your games. But now, right now, you need to go ahead and sacrifice and pour and invest into somebody else and help them progress. In closing, I'm going to wrap it up. Zip it like it's silly. <laughs> Don't seek to be first. Seek to finish. Don't seek to be first. Seek to finish. Now, I know that might rub some of you competitors the wrong way. Because you want to be number, you want to, you want to, that has nothing to do with your performance. That has nothing to do with, with lack of effort. Like I said, I follow a strong man competition. I follow the world's strongest man. And they just recently had the, the Arnold Classic out in Ohio. And it was this one, this year was supposed to be like a big year because two of the, the world's strongest men were going head to head. And they had, uh, this dude named Hopthor Bjornsson and Brian Shaw. Hopthor Bjornsson is, is crazy. This dude's like 6'9 and weighs like 400 pounds. And it's not like a fat, sloppy 400 pounds. This dude is like yoke. They call him the mountain. Brian Shaw, he got a little bit, he got a little bit more fat on him, but he's like 6'8 and weighs a little bit more than 400 pounds. But he ain't like sloppy neither. And these two dudes were going head to head. I'm talking about these guys got... Near, nearly 1,100-pound deadlifts. Okay, so it was supposed to be a big year. Now, this ain't to say they, they, these guys were the top two, were ranked for the top two in, in, the, in, the, in the sport. Now, mind you, there's like probably about another 10 other competitors that are up there competing with these guys. Some of their names lesser known. But the fact that they made it to the show, 
says everything about what they're made of. Some of them outdid the top two in other events. Did it make them any less significant? Not at all. Because their name was written down. We're just trying to get you to make it to the show. So if you're being discipled and you, and, and, and you get corrected, don't get in your feelings about it. Receive it as a son so you can get to the place. What is the place? The place is to be perfected. Not that you are perfect in the sense of you do nothing wrong, but that you are to a place of maturity. That you're to a place of completion. Completion for what? To do whatever it is that God wants you to do. I'm going to close with this as we stand. The Message Bible reads in Hebrews 12, 11, it says, But God is doing what is best for us training us to live God's holy best. best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely for it's well-trained, the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. That is the place that all of us are being called to get to mature in our relationship with God. We don't want to be walking around here as babes in Christ. We don't want to be walking around here with a mess in our diaper, running around, stinking up the place, snotting on everybody. We like to hug up in here. You don't leave a slug track on somebody's shoulder because you're snotting all over the place. No, we want to be mature. I used to hate them. That was, that was the only th- downside to having little toddlers. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, ask, and you, they come up and hug you, and they're laying on your shoulder, and you look, and you got, like, slug track sitting right there on your, on your shoulder. Amen. Did anybody get anything out of this this morning? That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.